Yo, I put it like wow, this that sound These oaks don't work hard like me, I hope they know by now Bail, bail, stand my ground Throw these money trees, go overseas like Percy Tow I'll make sure you stay around, quiet when I'm under loud No negatives allowed, me positivity took a vow I always play to win, don't anticipate loss Mind always in the clown, my boy Never think about the drop, never ever ever think about the drop Welcome to it, sports fans. It is the MKT Show. I'm MKT. T T T T T. People DMing me saying, "Where the hell is the podcast?" I was waiting for all the games to be played, um, and I was also thinking, "How can I do a show that's the last one of the year? Do I do a, wee, a yearly review? That's boring. And also, it's a podcast. No one cares. People could be listening to this on the fifth of February, twenty twenty-five." doesn't matter you know so i'm gonna do a yearly review if people would like that kind of stuff slide in the dms mkt inspires um yeah if if people want a yearly review i'm not really a new year's resolution person i don't i'm not like my december is not different from my february i just live my life the same all the time because people also said do you have any new year's resolutions i'm like no i don't no, no, I don't. I, I mean, some people live their life that way. Cool. But I don't live... I'm just like... I'm living... You know, I, I plan in five-year stints. And then I live in month to month. Like, trying to eat the elephant with a teaspoon, as they say. It's not a real elephant. I, mean, I, I don't eat elephants. Uh, I haven't eaten an elephant. I've eaten a lot of things before. I've eaten... Oh, Hopefully there's not from Peter listening to this, but when I was in China, I've, I've eaten everything. I've eaten dog, I've eaten cat, I've eaten tortoise, snake. Um, I, I always say to people, the only thing I haven't eaten is human. And obviously elephant, now, now that I've just thought about it. Uh, but I've eaten crocodile, by the way. If you haven't been to the carnivore, if you ever come to South Africa, or you live in South Africa, I don't know if a place called the carnivore is still open. Get them to make you crocodile steaks. Oh my goodness. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. The the chicken of the river, they call it. They don't really. I, I call it that. But my, my God, that meat. Sensational. So I, I had a couple of DMs about the New Year's resolution thing. I know people do that. I just don't. So I can't do that kind of show because I don't live my life that way. Not like... And usually it's a gym thing. Usually. You know, I don't want to be that guy. But... Uh, yeah, I, I just I don't know. But I, I like to plan in longer stints than next year, January. Um, and now that I'm older, I'm slightly more reliable, so I can actually plan long term. So that's why I don't do that. But if you like that kind of show, maybe I'll do it. Um, just want to say thanks a mil, you guys. Oh my gosh, oh my word! As as a friend of mine, Taylor would always say, Taylor with an A, by the way, definitely someone to avoid. If you haven't listened to the podcast before, Taylor's with an A. Oh, my goodness. And she is a spirituality person. So, as she always says, oh, my word, you guys. Oh, my word. So, I just want to say, thanks, Emil, for listening to the show. Because it's been good. So, we, so I had the, we had the biggest show. Or, I say, a we. Well, it's becoming a we again. Um, we had the biggest show in the last um, 
episode, 6,000 humans listened to the last show. I don't know what's going on. And to be clear, I do not, I, 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 I don't want to, and, and I know all the tricks, by the way. I don't want to buy the software. I don't want to buy the AI that gives listener numbers. These are all organic listens, and I don't do marketing. So thank you to people who are telling people about the show, because I don't know how else people are hearing about the show. I, I, I don't have 6,000 followers on social media. None of my platforms. So the only way that's happening is people are probably going, bro, there's this guy. Should listen to the show. And then it's become, I don't want to say viral, but 6,000 is an incredible number considering it's purely audio. Having said that, breaking news, we will be returning. Uh, I can confirm, I can at long last confirm in multiple forms, we will be returning to YouTube. So if you are listening to this, please go and subscribe to the MKT show on YouTube, on the YouTube. We will be returning in some capacity and then in a better capacity or equal to what we were before, but I would like to make it better than before. So in 2024, I will, I will work extremely hard to make sure that we deliver a product. Um, and I mean, I can just say it now, we will be returning to the daily format in 2024 i can't tell you when yet there is um there are a few conversations that still need to happen in and around how that will happen but we will definitely at some stage it could be to be honest with you it could be march it could be february it could be january um the corporates you know we, we got to wait for people to get back to work um and i'm excited to to finally be able to say because that came in um with some people that I'm working with. And I'm, I'm working in particular with one person. She doesn't know this yet. I'm supposed to let her know if she's going to be like in some capacity a business partner. But conversations I've had, and there are some extremely ex exciting conversations for me anyway, which may mean we are on platforms that I'm looking forward to hopefully being able to announce. But but that's that's not real yet. What is real is we are coming back to YouTube in multiple capacities. So I'll roll that out. Um, certainly by the end of February, you'll kind of have an idea of where the, where the MKT show will be, but but it's got to go visual. I've always wanted to be visual. Um, I was just, over the last 18 months, I was in between moving countries, staying in South Africa. There, there's been a lot happening in terms of where I was going to be, but I've always wanted to be visual and I sold all of my visual stuff. And wasn't keen to commit on visual stuff, which is cameras and whatever. And I don't really like to do the vloggy style. Like if I'm going to give you visual stuff, I like to give it the best quality, which means, I mean, I could. There is good, um, what do you call it, webcams. But, you know, do I, want to, do I want to be giving people webcam stuff? There's a, there's a lot of crap out there. If I'm going to do it, I, I, I want to be giving you, at the very least, HD ideally two and 4k so thank you to everyone thank you to yeah six thousand listeners that's crazy that's that's crazy that's crazy you're crazy um so thanks so much to people who listen and share and for the i mean is our society falling apart that people are sharing this show do you have nothing better to listen to than this show anywho it is what it is it is what it is so that's the big news i wanted to share and even in late, de late December, I was able to share that we will now be going back 
to video. Can I tell you when? I cannot. That does not depend on me. That depends on a few agreements. We will then be going, just to one, to say it one last time, and I'm most excited about this, we will going, we'll be going back to a daily format. That's five times a week and perhaps even more depending um, how we roll out uh, with our new partners in the next two to three months. I'm looking forward to that. Sneak peek, something I'm looking forward to working on 2024 school sports in South Africa. Are you kidding me? At long last, I get to work in that space. So look out for some stuff there. Um, that's going to be absolutely amazing. I wanted to say thank you. This is the last show, though, until the 8th of January. Monday, the 8th of January, will be next podcast. I'm recording this on the 29th of December. It's coming out on the 30th, uh, but I'm recording on the 29th. The podcast will be back the 8th of January, 2024. So this will be a slightly shorter one. Um, I'll go through a couple of topics, a mailbag, and then I, I'm going to get out of here. I've been getting a lot. I've been getting a lot of um, sort of New Year's resolutiony, non-football stuff, or non-non-sports stuff. Um, yeah, some tough ones, eh? Oh, some tough ones. <laughs> I've been getting some some interesting ones. Got one from a lady who allegedly. I mean, I don't want to start accusing this guy. I don't know either of them. Allegedly. He's been playing with 12 men on the pitch. And she was saying, what should I do? And I said, oof, it's a bit of a tough one. I don't really have the context, you know. I need a bit more context. She didn't, she didn't reply. Because with that kind of stuff, I mean, you know, people always blame in, the, in this particular case. We, we might as well quickly do it. <laughs> Somebody who I highly respect once said to me, you know, you don't mind people looking after your kids and your pets. What you don't want is somebody looking after your wife. And he said to me, unmet needs will be met. So, yes, some people are hound dogs, men and women. Some people are just hound dogs. But in other cases, what, what have you done? You know, and if I don't know that, if I don't know whether you're missing in a relationship, you, you, you know, you could be into your job. You could be, I don't know, going through whatever and ignoring your partner. And listen, unmet needs will be met. Unmet needs will be met, said, said to me by somebody very wise. Very, very, who I saw today, actually. A very wise man said, you want you don't mind somebody looking after your kids and your pets, but you don't want somebody looking after your wife. So I didn't reply to this lady because what if, and you've got to be open to this, what if she's a terrible person? Because we don't always know that. We, like, we don't always know if we're terrible people. Or, or we're, at least some of us just aren't honest about it. And then it's always someone else's fault. When so-and-so says, enough, this is enough. And they won't always say it like that. They'll... You know, go and find affection or respect somewhere else. So I've gotten a couple of those. Maybe to say, yeah, well, listen, I know what December's like. I, trust me. That's why I did not go to certain holiday destinations in December. It's the devil's lair. It is the devil's lair, particularly Cape Town. So I decided, you know what? I've had a good year this year. As my father always used to say, don't try and be happier than happy. Don't try and be happier than happy. 
So I'm not going to try and be happier than happy. I've had a crackerjack year. 2023 was the best. It was the best existence year of my life. I can't, you know, some people might say, as, as Queen Elizabeth said when she lost her father, it was Annus Horribilis. Uh, I'm not Latin. It's not actually how you say, say it. It's Annus Horribilis or however you say it. But I've had a terrific year. 2023 was the literally the best human year of my life. It was incredible to me. It was incredible. This is easily the best year I've ever had across the board. Family, work, you know, personal. I've, I've had a really good personal year. I'm in great shape again, which is which is great to be able to say. I've been in good shape always, I'd say, in the last decade. But I'm in great shape. I'm feeling really good. Mentally, I'm feeling good. Emotionally, I feel good. So it's been a bit, it's been a bit of a struggle over the last decade, i got to tell you. I've got to tell you. But the last six, seven years have been good. This year has been great. Not easy. Not easy. Not easy. But um, everything I've been fighting for happened in 2023 at its lowest level that I wanted to. Because next year, we want to take down the level. All right, let's get into the show. The last one for 2023. Back January the 8th in 2024. Um, so I went to the cricket the other day. Listen, watching the Proteas playing at Centurion. Downer, Test Cricket's dead. They just don't care about it. Centurion's usually full. It was a cracking day on day one, and it was empty. It was empty. It was embarrassing. Centurion's decrepit. We've let it go. Although, like, sports stadiums in South Africa are just, I don't know what's going on. The Wanderers is also falling apart. So, I don't know. Maybe I'm being too negative. That's the downside. The other downside, and it pisses me off, actually, um, because I love test cricket. But India were clearly not ready. They're not ready for South African conditions. They came here. They brought their B team, obviously. That played the ODIs um, and the T20s. And th- But the, the, the big boys just weren't ready. And th- our conditions are the most challenging in the world. Australia is challenging, but it's up and down, right? Their pitches don't really jag left and right, kind of like us in England. South Africa is like a mix between England and Australia. If, you, if you're not into cricket... Australian pitches are very hard and they're quick and they and they bounce, you know, um, so they're hard decks. Whereas in England, there's a lot of grass and, and moisture in the deck. So people might go, I don't watch cricket. I'm always, I'm like, I've never watched cricket. What does that mean? So in England, when there's moisture in the pitch, the ball tends to stick in the wicket quite literally and the softer the pitch, the more you're going to get what they call lateral movement or, or uh, movement off the seam. And that makes it more difficult for batsmen. Because if you don't watch cricket, some people don't watch cricket. But if you, the, the nightmare for batsmen is what they call late movement. And the worst kind of movement is late movement off the deck. That's even worse. Batsmen can adjust to movement in the air. I mean, unless it's Dale standards at 150 and it's moving, it's hooping. But movement in the air is okay. It's movement off the deck, especially when that's late. And that happens, it only has to be milliseconds. But the more a ball sticks in the pitch, the more it's likely to grip on what they call the seam and and go either way, um, which is what England has. South Africa has like relatively hard pitches, which have grass as well, which is what Centurion was. So it's a mix between Australia and England. And India just weren't technically prepared. You know, you've got to be able to leave in South Africa. You've got to be able to ensure that 
you are you, you know where your stamp your stumps are in South Africa, so that you can leave not just balls that are wide, but leave on length. Um, you, you've got to be brave enough to literally leave because it's going to swing in South Africa off the deck and out of the hand just because of our conditions. It rains in summer. So there's going to be moisture in the air. So you, you've really got to be technically, I mean, I'm getting into weeds a bit about cricket here, but you've got to be technically together. You know, uh, Virat Kohli was the only guy from India who's just, who's got it together, who can build an innings just because he's got the technical makeup to build the test innings. And the rest of them, just they just aren't ready for these conditions. They are so different from India, where the ball does nothing unless you're a spinner. And it doesn't bounce above the, the knee roll. And they don't have four guys bowling 145 kilometers and faster. So it, it was disappointing, but inevitable. That South Africa won. I mean, I, I'm, I'm obviously happy about that. And India will continue to never have won a test series in, in, in South Africa. But it is what it is, right? It is what it is. I had some guy arguing me, with me that Virat Kohli, India, well, South African Indian guy. Uh, like, bro, relax. Virat Kohli's good. He's not better than Tenduka and Mahindra Singh Dhoni. And, and then he tried to say he, he was better than Jacques Callis. Uh, and then, uh, like, because he argued he's better than Ricky Ponting. And then I was just like, no, nah, I'm out of here. I need an ice cream. And I bought an ice cream and I stopped talking to him. Like, we, we can have a bit of fun. I'm all for banter, but get out of here. He's not better than Ricky Ponting. Guy won three World Cups in a row. Come on. Like, like, bro, I like Virat Kohli, but can we stop? Like, choked in a World Cup, and he rode the back of um, Henry Singh Doni and uh, Sachin Tendulkar in a World Cup. So what are we doing? I, I like Virat Kohli, but please, let's not discuss him in the, like, Brian Lara echelons. He's a very, 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 very good player. Come on, Doc. Come on, brother. And I don't want to start getting into the stats thing. I, I like Virat Kohli, but he makes all his runs in India, and it's all largely T20 one-day stuff. His numbers are hugely inflated by having played a bulk of his stuff in India in conditions that are made for him on tiny grounds. And then he can't win anywhere else. Like, what are we doing? He's a good player. Choked in the World Cup. Ricky Ponting? Made 100 in a World Cup. I was there, 2003, in the final. Big game player. Adam Gilchrist, in a World Cup final, making hundreds. Matthew Hayden, delivering in World Cup finals. So, this is what great players do. To be to be great, you have to win. Right? Like, you do have to win. There are exceptions to every rule. Like, Brian Lara is Brian Lara. I don't, I don't know what you want. Like, if you don't think Brian Lara is one of the 10 greatest batsmen of all time, I don't know what to do with you. Then he started to say, Virat Kohli is a bit of... Test batsman than Steve Smith. And then I was like, okay. Come on, dog. Come on, bruv. Steve Smith has a 60 average. No, outside of Donald Bradman. And, and it's not like fake. It's 8,000. Like 8,000 test runs now. Come on, man. Come on, dog. Come on, play. So I'm not having that. I like Virat Kohli. I, I do. I do like him. I, I don't think he's in the top five test batsmen of all time. And, and those are the real players, right? I don't even think he's in the top 10, but different conversation, you know? I, I, I don't know if he's making Australia's top five. Like, is he better than Matthew Hayden, Alan Border, Steve Smith, S Steve Waugh, and Ricky Ponting? I don't think he is. I don't think he is. And 
Matthew Hayden needs to get in there as well. You know what I mean? You also got to put Damien Martin in there, by the way. Is he better than Damien Martin? I'll let people debate that. I don't, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, might be having a conversation about Mr. Cricket here as well. Uh, uh, please. What do we do? What? Adam Gilchrist needs to get in there as well. So. India. Not ready. Not good. Waste of time. But South African bowling, interesting. But we played three test matches a year. Incredible. Incredible. Deplorable. ICC, CSA, whoever's messed it up. I, I, it's Dave Richardson and ICC years ago. But what a waste. What a waste. Because South Africa's bowling attack is electric. Anyway, let's move on. Listen, if you're a Newcastle fan, just what you have to accept now, and, and I, I cut the crap. Cut the crap. Eddie Howe is not Mikel Arteta, Klopp, or Pochettino. I don't want to hear, oh, but Arsenal gave Arteta four years. Klopp gave, Liverpool gave Klopp five years. We should give Eddie Howe three years. What are we doing? What are we doing? It's so disgusting to suggest that Eddie Howe as a coach at his base level is anything close to Mikel Arteta, who's a prodigy, who's a coaching phenomenon, and was the captain of every football club. Like, Mikel Arteta's a leader of men, like him or not. You don't have to like Arsenal, but he's a leader of men. At Everton, captain. Real Sociedad. That's how they said in Spain. Real Sociedad. Captain. Arsenal, captain. Everywhere he's been, he's a leader. Mikel Arteta was identified by Pep Guardiola to come and be his assistant. Like, that doesn't just happen, by the way. Like, Arteta is a leader of men, and he is a prodigy as a coach. Arsenal saw, like, two years of him being an assistant. Hey, you get over here. We, we, the, the, that's the guy. Everyone knew. And trust me, people know at that level. I don't see Eddie Howe. Listen, he loses the Newcastle job. He's not getting the Brighton job. Like, Eddie Howe's got a bit of Gareth Southgate. I don't even know. He's a little bit exciting. I don't even know how he got the Newcastle job, to be completely honest. I don't. He was terrible at Bournemouth. Remember the one year they came eighth? It happened, so did Stoke. And then relegation. He's a bit of a one-trick pony. Like, it's just exciting, high-press football. But he's not actually a very good coach. Like, the pattern of play isn't that intricate. You know, he's, he's almost just, hey, high-pressure. It, it's old-school English coaching. High-pressure, run around a lot. But it doesn't actually look very clever. It's not very sophisticated. Even at Bournemouth, it's a little bit of kick and chase. It's like he plays Tottenham style, but Ange plays a little bit cleverer. And then he's just letting the talent do it. Like, hey, at this level, you've got to do a bit better than that. You've got to do a little bit better than high tempo, exciting, and we're going to be high pressing. Uh, Can you do more? Can you coach a little bit more intricately? Can you weave the patterns together so that you're putting teams on a merry-go-round? So that your patterns are, you know, Newcastle don't look like they overload areas and switch the ball. Or like Pep would do, high rotation, get you to press and move the ball up the field. And then in the last third, Pep doesn't mind. He doesn't coach players in the last third. Like it doesn't look like that with Eddie Howe. Just fire the guy. Get Hansi Flick in now. What are Newcastle doing? Please don't take the approach Arsenal have taken 
and Chelsea have to take with Pochettino. He's not that guy. He's not that guy. I just don't understand why they didn't fire him when they got in the Champions League. I do not understand it. I've said it before. Not every girlfriend is meant to be your wife. There are some people who cap out at being a fiancé. Ugh, don't have to pull the plug here. She's not up to it. He's not up to it. I don't get it. Like, do you know, it's two wins in, in 10 games for Newcastle. Just, like, just blow it up now. Blow it up now. Give the new guy, give Hansi Flick the off-season to get rid of... Because you've also got to, in order to keep growing, by the way, you've got to get rid of some of these old guys. Oh, you, you can't be having Dan Byrne and these guys in the next evolution of the club. Do they want to challenge top six? Well, you can't have Dan Byrne then. You can't have Callum Wilson. Like, that can't happen. Those guys need to go. You know what I mean? You can't have LaSalle's. No, 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 no. That's not, that's not what we're doing. Those guys need to go. And when Hansi Flick gets there, he's going to be like, oh, no, wait. I had Goretzka and Kimmich. Like, no, that, that, this doesn't work. You know, if Tonali could just stop match fixing, <laughs> you know, we'll get him back. But that's what I'm talking about. Now, now we're cooking. We're cooking with gas. We've got Bruno Guimarães and uh, Tonali in midfield. Okay. Alexander Isak. That, now, now we're talking. You know, Gordon. That's the level Hansi Flick will come in and go, okay, now let's add to that. If, if you want to get in the top four, you just, you cannot... You cannot have Dubravka in goal. You just can't. Hansi Flick will know that. They'll know. They know what the next thing is. They've just got themselves trapped. Just don't get romantic about it. Who cares if he's English? Who cares if he's young and exciting? Get him out. Listen, some people are meant to be at Everton. Sean Dyche and these guys. Like, Eddie Howe has botched it, by the way. And you know what? He hasn't botched it. He's just reached his level. Like, last year, it's exactly the same rhythm he had at Bournemouth. Oh, it's exciting, it's fast, it's thrilling, and he's, he's probably a good man motivator. He's not a very good coach. He, he's not like a high-level technical and tactical coach. This is why Carlo Ancelotti couldn't work at Everton, right? Like, those guys need the... He's not... Carlo Ancelotti is actually not even bothering with coaching players. He's putting the system together and going, listen guys, and then man managing. That's what you need to do at the high level. Because the good players, by the way, the, the best players in the world will figure the clever stuff out. What you really need them to do is to get them to buy in. I'm pretty sure Bruno, Bruno Guimaraes is looking at Eddie Howe going, hmm, this guy? Is, is, is this the guy? How are you going to get Tonali to buy into that? Kick and run and chase. No, 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 no. Come on, guys. Let it go. Newcastle. Just fire the guy. It's over. It's over. It's, it's, I don't know what we're doing. I, I really don't know what we're doing. Hansi Flick's ready. Get him in the mix. Get him in the mix. A Man United beast, um, beat Aston Villa at home. So I was sitting with a friend and he was saying they've got to fire him. I said, look, you can't fire him because... Uh, and I do think his time is up because I think billionaires are, are silly humans sometimes. I think Ineos want to bring in 
uh, Graham Potter, which is just ridiculous. Like that's that's three steps backwards. He's another guy like Eddie Howe. I just I, I don't get it. Like he's not a high level manager. You're not going to win anything. Two romantic seasons playing nice football at Brighton when there's no pressure is easy. Manchester United? Are you kidding? Manchester United. If these players couldn't respect Jose Mourinho, you think they're going to respect Graham Potter? Come on. I I would be I would lean into Eric Ten Hag for the next two seasons. I would give him the four-year cycle that was afforded to Arteta because he's a high-level coach. You can see it. I mean, he's got donkeys as players. Bruno Fernandes and Casemiro and Maguire and Varane. These are, technically speaking, donkeys. He's, you know, his Ajax teams, you remember he had De Ligt, he had proper uh, Van der Beek, he had proper technical players, ZH. These are the kinds of guys he had. He had proper Dutch technical players, which is why he can't do the build-up. Aaron Wan-Bissaka, I mean, what a donkey, that guy. Can't cross the halfway line. Gets a nosebleed when he crosses the halfway line. But if I was Man United, I would invest in Eric Ten Hag. But I think he's gone. But do not get Graham Potter. If you're going to get anybody, get Hansi Flick. Like, okay, fine, that's the next level. I get it. That's somebody who's going to organize your club and bring some gravitas and, and bring in some five or six high-level players. Because Man United are missing high-level players. There is not one player in the Man United team where I go, that's high-level. Rafael Varane had his time, but he's been washed for three years. And it looks a bit awkward without Sergio Ramos next to you. Ah, awkward. Awkward. Virgil van Dijk, I'm watching him with four or five different partners. It looks the same. That's all I'm saying. John Terry, it looked the same for a decade. Nemanja Vidic, didn't matter. Rio Ferdinand, Johnny Evans, doesn't matter. Put anyone next to me. If you're great, be great. Like Paolo Maldini, Alessandro Nesta, just put anyone next to them. Doesn't matter. Don't, don't worry about it. You can put Costa Curta here. You can put Nesta next to me. Maldini says, don't worry about it. Until I'm 40. Don't, don't. Like, if you're great, be great. Rafael Varane's not great. He's, he, he was part of two dynastic teams and had three very, very, very good years next to the greatest centre-back of his generation in Sergio Ramos. And then that France team was hysterical. There's not a single player. There's not a single world-class player in the Man United team. How crazy is it to say that in 2023? The biggest sporting institution in the world does not have a person in any of their positions who can claim to be top five in the world in what they do today. Just think about how insane that is. Aston Villa have four or five better individual technical and tactical and just high-level guys. And that Man United do. You, you could name five Aston Villa players before you name a Man United player. Anyway, they turned around. They won. They've got a, they've got a Wunderkind in a Ganacho. He's, he's terrific, isn't he? Ganacho is absolutely terrific. What a talent. What a player. They won 3-2. I would not fire Eric Ten Hag, but I think he's gone. I do. I do think he's gone. But I think Graham Potter would be insane. I would love to hear your thoughts. MKT inspires on the socials. What do you think? Should Man United sack him? I just, I, I don't get the mentality of Man United. Get rid of these players. Jaden Sancho. Marcus Rashford needs to go. Bruno Fernandes, that guy, the whinging. 
Get him out of here. Why is he your captain? Captain in football matters, especially at big clubs. Get him out of there. What is Bruno Fernandes still doing at Man United? You know what happened. You ever been you ever been on a good first date? And she looks like a million dollars. She's in her best behavior. And then you move in together. She leaves socks on the floor. And there's always she, She's one of those people who butters her bread and then puts the knife on the side of the sink. And then, and then there's always ants in the house. Like, you see the red flags. But you're just like, oh my goodness. No one this good looking has ever allowed me near them. It's what it feels like, isn't it? That's what it feels like with Bruno. Bruno, Bruno Fernandez. He, he was amazing that first like eighteen months, and everyone then thought, "Oh, we got Paul Scholes again." No, you don't. No, you don't. Bruno Fernandez should be at West Ham, at best. And even then, I'm not so sure he's better than James Ward-Prowse. People laugh at that. Uh, is he? James Ward-Prowse at least gives me accurate passing. What does Bruno Fernandez give me? He's not, like, he's not very good at technically retaining the ball. He tries a lot of... People say he creates lots of chances, but he just he tries a, ho- a lot of Hail Mary early passes. And it's not even that accurate. It's not like Kevin De Bruyne in behind the defense and it's accurate and it's putting the defense under pressure. But he just tries it all the time. So... I don't know. I don't know, man. You've got to love it if you're not a Man United fan. They are terrible. But having said that, Eric Ten Hag came third last season and he's going to come top eight this year. That's fine. Because part of the thing is, people say, yeah, but he spent 400 million. I say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But he's still got the losers that have gotten the last three managers fired. Luke Shaw's still there. Rashford's still there. Anthony Marshall's still there. Maguire's still there. Johnny Evans is still there. What are we doing? Aaron Wan-Bissaka. These are all massive recruitment mistakes. Before you can judge a person, Jurgen Klopp was allowed to get rid of like 10 players. We've seen what Arteta has done. He completely gutted that squad. We've seen what Chelsea have allowed Poch to do. Although it's not him, but they've completely gutted the squad of people that are losers. Get them out of here. We saw what Aston Villa did. Get the losers out of here. Newcastle... Probably need to do the same thing. They'll do one more cycle of flushing. We saw what Pep Guardiola was allowed to do. He bought three right backs. He spent 50 million on a right back twice. Cancelo and Carl Walker. Two keepers in two seasons. Bravo. Ah, you're terrible. Get out of here. Edison. How many left backs is he had? Erling Haaland. He was allowed to get rid of Aguero. Gabriel Jesus, get out of here. Raheem Sterling, get out of here. This is what you've got to allow people to do. You've got to allow them to do that. And Man United have not done that. Yes, they've allowed them to spend. But the other thing about spending is you're not always going to get it right, by the way. You've got to be willing to let the manager do that. You know, I was talking to somebody about character the other day. And I said... People are overcomplicated. They do. Culture and character are the same thing. It's just repeated behavior. If your repeated behavior is high level, eventually you're going to break through. Man United have not had high level repeated behavior for a decade. That's why they are where they are. 
I don't know what to tell you. Do not fire Air 10 up. It'll be a massive mistake. All right, we'll finish off on this for 2023. 2023. MKT Inspires, if you want to get in the mailbag, we'll finish off with this mailbag from Inchlanchler Gacheni. So he's got three points that he wants to make. He says, MKT, I have some feedback for you on the past parts. He says, I think you were wrong about Jackson over Broha. I'd take Jackson on the basis of him being a nuisance. I wouldn't take, I'd prefer Michael Jackson to Jackson. And I'm talking the dead Michael Jackson, I think would be better than Nicholas Jackson in 2023. I, I just don't see it. What worries me about Nicholas Jackson is just the finishing. It's like the movement's clearly there. The pace is, is clearly there. But his finishing is dreadful. And I don't know if you can improve that, by the way. I don't know if finishing is something you can improve. Like at this level, you know, he's 23 already. It's not like he's 19. Like Erling Haaland is, is just a natural finisher, you know, at 21. And it's not about composure. I just mean literally technically in front of goal. Do you have the technical makeup? To put the ball within the frame. The goal frame. And what I like about Broha is he gives you the holder play. Nicholas Jackson is too casual. And th- that's the one thing you can't change in somebody. It's it's something which I wish Jack Grealish had a little bit more. Like Jack Grealish is... He's so brilliant, but he just doesn't take it seriously. You know, like you look at Bernardo Silva. You look at Vincent Company, You look at some of these guys they've had. Kevin De Bruyne. They, don't they feel professional? Their conduct, like Jack Grealish, feels like he's just—he's just got that laddish, that childish lad in him, and and you want that in some of your playmakers, and some people are going to play that way. But he lacks an intensity to, to be great, you know. Those great, like Kevin De Bruyne, is quite intense. You know, uh, Sergio Aguero was an intense dude. Thierry Henry, intense guy. Like, there's a, there's a way you got to carry yourself. Like, you can't always be fun, cool guy. Like, if you want to be a fun, cool guy, you're always just going to be what Jack Grealish is. Doesn't Jack Grealish feel like he's leaving something out there? Like, everything's casual. And, and now, Jack Grealish is a world-class, generational football talent, so he can be casual. Nicholas Jackson is not. You, you can't be casual because you just you don't have the talent to get away with it. Broha at least holds the ball up and brings the team into play. So, Shalantla, I'm sorry, I can't go with you there. Uh, Jackson, I can't do it. I can't do it. He, he missed another two sitters, by the way, for Chelsea. He's just not it. And I'm not saying he can't get better. Drogba struggled early. Perhaps the physicality of this league has shocked him. And maybe he's going to get in the gym and maybe someone's going to say to him, hey, stop trying to spin and do fancy flicks all the time. Just play the way you're facing, son. At the age of six, at the School of Excellence, they used to tell us, play the way you're facing. He, he does too much. And, and maybe that's just youth. There is a raw talent there, by the way. There is a raw talent there. Can he improve his technique? Perhaps. Because if he doesn't improve technically, finishing is a technical skill, by the way. People always say about being calm and whatever. No, 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 no. It's a technical skill. You've got to sort your feet out and you've almost got to be able to look, not need to look up and know where the goal is. That's a technical skill. Body shape, you know, maneuvering of the ball, manipulating your your body between defenders. Like Erling Haaland does it better than anybody. 
just to open up that half yard. These are all, it's a bit boring if you haven't been in academy football. I can't really explain it. I mean, I can articulate it, but unless you've been there on the ground doing it, it's micro movements. It's shifting the ball with the outside of your foot instead of the inside of your foot. That first touch, um, putting it in the correct place so that you eliminate defenders. Like these are all tiny, tiny little high level things that Jackson just doesn't have. And it's worrying because you're already at Chelsea. You shouldn't be learning on the job at Chelsea. Like Erling Haaland is already there. Ollie Watkins is already there. You know? Why aren't you? Why are you at Chelsea if, you, if you're lacking? He's so technically deficient for a top-level player. And his movement is terrible. One of the things about the top-level strikers that they don't get credit for is the movement. The movement. So it always doesn't it always feel like, oh, why is Ollie Watkins always around the ball? No, no, that's not luck. That's movement. That's his ability to anticipate where the ball is going to be, number one, and then be where the ball is going to be. So when your guys are delivering near post, front post, back post, uh, they call it closing the back door, Ollie Watkins' movement is high level. You don't need to be the fastest. Alan Shearer wasn't the fastest. Ruud van Nistelrooy was not the fastest. Andy Cole, not the quickest. But the quality of movement, it's not about just movement. It's about quality of movement and the discipline to stay. So the great strikers, the great, great strikers, forget R9, Ronaldo, um, forget Luis Suarez. These are exceptions. Kun Aguero, these are exceptions. But the great strikers, what is Erling, Erling Haaland's greatest skill? He plays between the goalposts. That is the greatest skill a striker can have. Ruud van Nistelrooy's greatest skill. Nothing else. No pace. Don't worry about that. A killer first touch. Sensational physical strength. But he plays between the goalposts. And that is such a high level skill because, especially with a lot of strikers, is you've seen with Jackson now what, what happens. He gets impatient. He wants to come deep and he wants to come and play and get a touch on the ball. You never see Erling Haaland. Erling Haaland can go. I mean, how many halves have you seen? Have you heard the commentators go, Haaland's only got six touches in the half? He does not care. He does not care. He is an assassin. Just give me one chance, right? And I'm going to be between the goalposts on the penalty spot. Jackson doesn't do enough for that. And then there's no movement. And the movement thing is a tactical, technical thing. And by the way, you shouldn't be learning that at Chelsea. That concerns me hugely. I, I much prefer Broja there. All right, number two, Glanka uh, says, it's 2023 going in 2024. Women don't just come to your place anymore to be your intimate uh, to be in your intimate space. The first meeting, for obvious reasons or not, in my experience, you need at least two or three dates. So if you don't know what he's talking about, there a couple of podcasts ago, I said, I said, I said, I don't date. I don't. Uh, I'm not taking people on date. I don't want to go and watch the movies or whatever. I, I don't know what people do. Go and eat steak. Or, uh, I don't. Know. I don't do that anymore. I'm 37 now. Like whatever. Like if I like you. I'm going to come to your house. You can come to my house. We're adults. I, let's cook something. Let's get to know each other. Like, like I, I, don't, I don't need to be seen in a public space. I'm quite private about that, that, that part of my life anyway. So I, I don't need people. Oh, I saw you with so-and-so. Oh, my God. Get out of my face. But, but I'm big on if I like you and you like me, why can't we just be an up? Because if I can't be in your personal space the first time, who cares? It means we're not. Like, I'm also too old now to be mucking about. Like, if, I, if, if we're going to do something serious, let's just get it on. 
So just come into my personal space or I'll just come into your personal space. And if not, that's fine. Let's keep it moving. I don't need a practice date. I'm, I'm 37. You're not going to show me anything new. I've met every kind of woman there is. Been on lots of dates. Boring. It's boring. It's a waste of time. Why are we wasting the time? I don't want to watch movies. I've never understood movies as a date. We're not talking. What are we doing? What are we doing? That fake hold hands thing. And what? Are my eyeballs moving at the screen, making you more attracted to me? What are we doing with going on first dates to movies? I don't get that. And people never are themselves on dinner dates. So what are we doing? I just like, like if we're going to get intimate, let's get intimate. Well, cut the crap. What are we doing? I, I, I don't get it. I, I don't get it. I guess it's also because I'm very comfortable with who I am. So I don't have anything to hide. Like, cool. If we can't go to your personal space, come to mine. No, no worries. Good on you, mate. No, I don't want you in my personal space. No problem. Come to mine. What are we doing? And again, I'm starting to realize I'm not the most normal person, hey? <laughs> like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I simplify it too much. Like, why are we looking for drama in life? It's like, I like you. You like me. Let's get it on. Let's get it on. But look, Unkantla is making a good point. Um, you know, I think... I think what he may be alluding to is some of the GBV stuff. And I think women may be afraid of that. Fair, hey, fair dinkum. And, and to that I say, okay, und- totally understood. Like, totally understood. Uh, uh, cool. If that's the reason, and, and I don't know, I don't know. Maybe Gladwell's talking about other reasons. But I'm guessing it may be the fear that women may have now of GBV or you know, yeah, men doing cray-cray things to them in in private spaces. I get it. Listen, the one thing you don't want is people coming into your personal space. And I refuse to accept. Like, I will not. I'm intolerant of this because I'm very protective of my personal space. So, ladies, I get it. If you're saying, no, I don't want to be, I don't want to puncture what is my only safe space in the world, which it is for all of us. You know, if you've worked hard enough to create a sanctuary for yourself, what you don't need is some dickhead coming to make you feel uncomfortable or unworthy in your own space. I, I So I will not accept that. I will not accept people. Like, I'll give you an example. No one's allowed to, my, to come to my... And I live in a tiny house now. Or tiny by South African standards. If you're in Europe, it's a mansion. Um, so I live in a cottage, right? A tiny cottage in the back uh, of my friend's place. And it's, again, tiny by South African standards. If you go to Europe... My my current place is actually a big apartment in a big city. But I will not allow somebody to come to my house and make it a mess. If you do that, you're not allowed back. Don't don't make a mess at my house. Because one of the things I pride myself on is being very neat and tidy. And if you do that, you're you're messing up my sanctuary. So I get that. If that's what Atlanta is talking about, is where people are, are being dickheads in people's personal spaces and and people are fearful i get it i get it ladies i get it i don't get it personally and i'm very open to hey i'm just gonna come to you because well i listen I'm, I'm not better than anyone but i'm i'm not a gbv person like we're not doing that so 
that's never in my mind. And I guess, how would ladies know that, right? Because every everyone's a knight in shining armor, and then we've seen what these terrible, terrible monsters do to people. So if that's what he's alluding to, I get it. But I, I, I've kind of said this going forward. I'm not going on dates. Just come to my house or come to your house. We'll make dinner. We'll chat. And if it works, cool. If not, let's keep moving. I, I, I don't want to waste time. I don't want to go to Tasha's. I've got friends for that. If we're going to be intimate, let's just be intimate. Keep moving. Just my thoughts. But, hey, Gladlow is saying his experience. It's been different. Gladlow, sorry, man. Um, although, some guys, some people like it, right? Some people like the romance. I'm not a romantic. That's my, that's my thing. I'm not a very romantic person. Like, I've accepted that of myself. You know? I, I'm working on trying to just be a reliable person. But I'm not a romantic. Like, anybody who's going to date me, you're not getting flowers on your birthday. Like, the, the, forget that. And don't give me anything. Don't worry about it. I don't, I don't care about presents. I've, I've got stuff. You know? Can you be kind? I, li- I like that. Are people kind? Like, sometimes I'm not a very kind person. I know that. So, I like kind people. I like reliable people. You know? That's what I like. I find, that, I find those things very attractive in people, by the way. The, the most attractive thing you can be to me is... Are you a reliable person? And I mean that across the board. Like, there's nothing I love more. And I, I know very few women who have emotional maturity. So, and by that I mean, are you emotionally consistent? Can you, can you be the same person 65% of the time? Because 75, 85% of the time, I've met these women. They are taken. They are married. Can you be the same person 65% of the time? Because the world's challenging. The most attractive thing to me is being emotionally reliable can i can i wake up to this person 65 percent of the time and they're going to be the same person and those people are taken they just are that that's the most attractive thing in the world to me so but when Kalda says he apparently you need two or three dates do you agree at mkt inspires hit me up what is what's going on right now and i also i'm not talking about 20 year olds i'm talking listen for ladies 23 from 23 you can be dating 40 year olds right Ladies very mature, and and that's not. By the way, that literally is a neuro, uh, a, a neurological fact. It is a neuroscience fact that women mature quicker from twenty three onwards. Most women they got it together, right? Well, not most, some, but women are quite mature. So from twenty three, you're in the market up to forty year old guys. So I'm talking twenty three year old women upwards and thirty year old guys upwards. How many dates you need? Isn't that the right? Am I right? Am I wrong? Love to hear from people. At MKT Inspires. Glantla needs two or three dates at most before going into the intimate space. So if you didn't hear it, a couple of podcasts ago, just so you know, I said, why do people go on dates? Just come to my house. I'll, I'll come to your house. So that's that response. All right. And then his third one is a very funny one. It's an ongoing one. I have addressed it. And by the way, there is some controversy here. He says, number three, the million dollar question of the promised thousand rand. So when I worked at Cliff Central and I started the MKT show for subscribers of the YouTube channel, I said I'd give away a thousand rand. And then I went to America and I never gave the money away. And then we were on a hiatus and then I came back. And then I said when I brought the podcast back, we will give away the million rand for anyone who plays the fantasy football league. Right. The MKT show. Fantasy Football League. If you, if you are looking for the password for that, um, I, I had said it's going to be for day one. So you, you have to have joined the league in 
day one. But whoever wins that gets the thousand rand. So we've addressed that. That will be happening. We'll give away at least a thousand rand. Hopefully it's more at the end of the season. But let, let's just say at the moment you're going to get a thousand rand. Here's the thing though. So Untlantla, to address that, the million dollar question of the promised thousand rand, the thousand rand is going to be given away. I've, I addressed it on the podcast. If you haven't heard it, it'll be given away for the winner of the Fantasy Premier League League. That is going to be, that's going, it's the MKT show. By the way, link is in the description if, you, if you'd like to join the league. Um, here's the controversy though. I am now winning the league. And for those who don't know me, I don't believe in charity. So, now we're in a pickle. Because I'm winning the league. If I win the league, should I be able to keep the money? What then? I'd love to hear from people. At MKT Inspires, Mr. Schlanschlagkacheni, what do I do if I win the Fantasy Premier League? Because right now, as it stands, after week 18... Or week 20, I think we are. Let's have a quick look. See what week we're in. But I am winning the league, by the way. What now? People are in big trouble here. We are in big, big trouble. So I'm just looking at our league. The MKT Show League. It's called the MKT Show League. I am winning the league. I am winning the league. After game week 19, so... Uh, gaming 20 hasn't started. That dis- That is on the th- Saturday, the 30th of December. Luton, Chelsea, the early kickoff, 2.30. I'll watch that in. I'm going to go surprise my mom tomorrow, by the way, in Limpompo. She doesn't know I'm coming, so it could be nice. She just thinks my sister's coming. Kind of set it up. Where my, my sister just landed from Paris today in the group chat, which are chatting. Ah, oh, welcome. Can't wait. Can't wait to see you. Kisses. The heart emoji from, from my mother. And then I'm like, oh, cool. Welcome. Playing a cool, you know what I mean? Then tomorrow, boom. Hey, mom. Oh, my God. Can't believe it. Oh, wait. I'll address that, by the way, before you close out the show. So, I don't believe in charity. I'm winning the league. What do we do? Would love to hear from people. MKT inspires on the socials. Should I give away the money? What if I win the league? If I win the league, no one deserves the money. I deserve the money. What are we doing here? I mean, for those who know, is listen. I, I am about as liberal as it comes when it comes to economics. You know, I'm I'm Marxist leaning. I'd, I'd like society to get better, better cheering. Still a capitalist at heart. You know, I'm not an idiot. Capitalism is still the most dynamic way to get money and distribute resources and uplift lifestyles. Nothing's done like capitalism in the last eighty years. So I, I can't go against my own philosophy. Winners win. I can't give away the thousand rand if you guys lose. Or should I just say whoever comes second? At MKT Inspires. Would love to know what people think. I am winning the league. I, I, like, I don't know what to tell you. I'm winning the league at the moment. Let's have a look-see here. Quickly tell you. It's me. It's uh, Nilesh Bana. It's Richard Banda and Ots Mokhale and Greg Foggett. That's the top five. But I'm winning the league. So, Schlanschler, what say you now? Should I keep the cash? Because we, we don't want to breed a society of people that are happy with being second best. So that's my answer. All right, quick one. 
I'm going to go see my mom tomorrow. Had a haircut, shaved today, looking as good as baby. You know, I still come from a conservative family in some sense. Uh, they, they're great. All my mom's great. She's liberal. and But in that sense, I still like to pitch up. You know what I mean? She has to know that she raised someone. You don't just pitch up at home with your face looking disgusting. Just because I'm 37. I, I don't want to be the guy where my mom's going, she's thinking, did I raise this person? Is this how this person shows up in the world? You know, looking scrag and looking like a bloody street urchin. No, we can't, we can't do that. But I'm definitely going to be under pressure tomorrow. I can tell you now, first thing, have you met anybody? Is there a romantic interest in your life? When am I getting grandkids? And, and by the way, I know it sounds like a sitcom, but my mother is aggressive in my face about that. I've got a couple of plans. I'll reveal them next year, how I deal with it. But I, I've already got two lines that I'm just going to stock standard that I'm going to meet her with. I've been thinking about it. So some pressure coming tomorrow. Got to be ready for it though. You know, you know what I mean? Pre pressure reveals. Pressure makes cowards of, of all of us. So, but the thing is, you've got to be prepared, you know, and, and I live for pressure moments. Big game player. So definitely coming tomorrow. So have you met anyone? How was, she, my, my mother will say this, how was France? Because, listen, I'm very open with my mom, you know. I'm in the market. I'm active in the market. So when I meet people, I don't have to tell her everything. You know what I mean? I'm still, I'm still a grown man. Still doing my stuff, but... You know, if I meet somebody and I'm, I'll discuss it with her. So that's going to come my way. She always asks about my, not my, in, in fact, it's funny. I was talking to my ex-girlfriend today, my very first girlfriend, but she always asks about my second girlfriend. I'm like, no, I'm not talking to Anya. I haven't seen her in years. She lives in Denmark. Like, we'll chat every now and then, but like, she's my ex. Don't worry about it. That's over. So I, I'm in, I'm in, I, it's going to be, it's going to feel like the Spanish Inquisition, really. It's going to feel like Tokyo Mata is burning me at the stake. It, uh, but listen, you've got to be ready for it. So that's what's coming for me over the next four days. I will be in Limpompo, as the Zulus say. As my mate Vusi says, bloody Zulus. I'm going to be in Limpompo for New Year's. I'm going to be with my mom and my sister. It's going to be excellent. But a family time. So the next podcast will be on the 8th. Um, I cannot say thank you enough for what has been the greatest year of my life. And to finish it off with the biggest show I've ever had. I think the MKT show has ever had with 6,000 listeners on the audio podcast is hysterical. That is absolutely hysterical. And like I said, I know all the tricks. Like, let me tell you something. If you are in marketing and advertising. I know, and I'm talking about all the ones that claim to be number one in the country. They all use, I've worked with all of them and I know how they do it. And I know people who work with all of them. They all use fake AI and you can buy listens, right? And there is AI programs that are literally programs that listen and count as listens. Trust me, I, I know how it works. I've, I've helped people inflate their numbers. I know how to do it. I have not done that. I haven't even, I've never advertised the show since it's gone all audio. I just share it on social media, just share it on, share it on my WhatsApp, um, share it on my, I, I don't, I've never even shared it on LinkedIn, I don't think. I just share it on Instagram 
Instagram. Oh, I'm on TikTok, by the way, MKT Inspires. And that's it. And I've got 6,000 people listening. I, I don't know what's going on here. Are that many people talking about the show? And around the world as well. Like 30% of the listeners are from around the world. Non-South African listeners. Absolutely incredible. You've, you've helped me have the most professionally satisfying year of, 20, of my life. And that's been, it's just been an incredible time. What a time to be alive. And I, don't, I intend this to be the worst year I ever have again. And it's been the best year. It's been an incredible year. I was in Dublin. I was in Madrid. I was uh, in London this year. What a year. What a year. I was in France. Obviously, pundit for the final. No big deal. Uh, Italian tailored suit. What a year 2023 was for me. And it's all because people are sharing the show. Like, let's just call it what it is. We don't have to get soppy about it. But it that is what it is. People are, each and every single one of you listening has shared it told someone and they are listening and staying on you know in the last three months i've not had a show below um two and a half thousand listeners which is just incredible trust me by south african numbers that puts me in the top three percent podcasts i've worked it out all podcasts by the way no not just sport all podcasts i'm in the top three percent podcasts in africa sorry not just south africa in africa purely from people sharing the show so thank you thank you thank you i couldn't be more grateful and i will do my best to to bring you higher level content with more entertainment with hopefully what is um still my style because people seem although a small audience it's it's you know it's real and i know people choose to listen to this i could not appreciate your time more ladies and gentlemen for 2023 from me mkt and the MKT show for now. I am the hell out of